This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Glad you're here. Come on in. Have a seat. Fall is in the air. Oh, it is wonderful here in the east right now. I understand for folks out in the west, it's still desert hot. I mean, hot. Summertime hot. That'll pass. Don't worry. It's nice here in the east. And it's a good time of year. The baseball playoffs are underway. Can the Cubs do it? Remember the Back to the Future 2 hook. Wow, that's really something. Football's in full high gear. Now hockey starts with basketball. It's a good time of year for a sports fan. But that's not what we're here for. Today, we're going to wrap up our brief discussion on project management. You know, I've, I've come to the conclusion here, we could do a whole other show on project management and the leadership context within that realm. So we started off two shows ago talking about the leadership skills required of a project manager and kind of compare that to the leadership skill list we've talked about all along here. And then last time we dove into the communication skill a bit more deeply, did a deep dive on that and looked at what that called for. And I just want to put a wrap on the project management conversation this time around, at least, and talk about uh, how do you know, you may not want to be a project manager because project management right now is really popular. It's a skill that's very much in demand and therefore lots of people are flocking to it. Yes, to get certification, the bar is high and it's about to be set even higher. But I want us today to just consider for a moment the idea that even though you're flocking to it, it may not be for you. And just recently in the PM Times, Kyron Bondale wrote a piece on five signs that you may not want to be a project manager. And he has really, has really hit the nail on the head. And there are five reasons he came up with. Uh, the first of which is you may not be comfortable with change and ambiguity. Well, that's at the top of the list. And if he intended it to be in the number one spot or not, it is in the number one spot. Folks, if you are not one that flexes well with change and can't handle the ambiguity of any given task at a time, it may not be for you. And the core reason is project management is the way that strategies get implemented. The pivots, the shifts, any changes in strategies happen through project management. So, you know, you got to think that most PMs are going to thrive on that kind of change. But it's not an on or off thing. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's a continuum. And there are PMs out there in the field that are very comfortable with the amount of change that will have to be implemented. But they can even become defensive Though, when it comes to a shift 
from inside or outside of their organization. Scope changes. So the amount of work they have to do, they could be very comfortable with that. But scope changes, moving from within and without of their control, that could cause them great consternation. And that's, that's a sure sign as well that it may not be for you. Because as somebody mentions here, the project plan, it's a, I love this quote, it's a model of reality. And it's based on a stack, a tall stack, a huge stack of assumptions. And when reality shifts, that stack needs to go with it. And the taller the stack is, the tougher it is to shift it without it becoming a Jenga tower. So if someone has to have all of the facts before making a decision, then all the uncertainty that's in the DNA of a PM, you know, that may not be for you. Sure, you can try to have the conversations you need to have and get more people involved and get the gaps filled in. But as Malcolm Gladwell says, there's a tipping point there. You know, very early in my career, very early, I mean, I was still in my 20s. Uh, somebody asked me what type of decision maker I was, and I just flippantly said, as you often do in your 20s, flippantly, I said I was a data gatherer. And when somebody would ask me a question, you know, in the back of my head, I'd go, do I have to answer now? And if the answer is no, then I'll keep collecting data, data collect, data collect, data collect. But as I moved forward in later years, and that's where the wisdom comes, your experience has let you make decisions more readily and more easily. But still, if you're at a point, no matter what your age is or where you are in your career, if you're on the part of your timeline when you feel like you need more information, then this kind of work may not be for you. Second thing, you prefer working with tools than with people. Some of my favorite people, some of my favorite people love to get their hands on the bright, shiny stuff, the new tools, how this is going to work. Let's try it. Even if just a web app, let's try it. I want to get my hands on it. They, you know, some tools come out in just a, a release that's slightly better than beta. And some people are attracted to different project management tools. But all these tools are just tools. They're just a means to an end. What you have to do is get the stakeholders lined up. You have to get your team functioning. You have to stand in the middle of competing agendas. You have to make your team perform at a higher level. And you have to do that in the middle, standing in a swamp, so to speak, of really diverse personalities. That's hard. So if, with all of that to work, if you have a tool preference and you'd rather check out the new tool than dealing with aligning all the personalities you have to and creating successes, then you might just want to be a contributor. So what have we said so far? We're not even halfway here through that. If you're not comfortable with change, 
and you prefer having your hands on the tools and dealing with people, a PM job may not be for you. Okay, number three, you avoid difficult conversations. There are people that really don't like conflict. Don't like conflict at all. So that when conflict presents itself, when it comes to them, they will, if not run from it, they'll turn their back on it. Because it's unpleasant. Lots of times that's not a sign of, it's certainly wrong to think of those people in a light that you might think they are scared or or cowardly. That's not the case at all. I think it's just the nature of the fact that they haven't been trained in having those difficult conversations. This is a great coaching opportunity for you. If you don't like having the difficult conversations, get some coaching. We've talked about the difference between a mentor and a coach. A mentor can help you with this too. When you hear the words that fit your communication style, you instantly kind of have the message, oh, I can deliver that message. I mean, have the thought, I can deliver that message. And you hear it in your own voice. You're trying to get people to work together under a series of constraints, a constraint of cost, the constraint of time, that being the schedule. But project management doesn't always follow that plan. You're going to have to have tough conversations. It could be a performance conversation with somebody that does not work for you on the org chart, but is part of your team. A deadline is in jeopardy. Something is going to cost more. You're going to have to go back to the sponsor and say it's going to cost more. So you might have a great ability to analyze the situation, whatever it is. It's a task level issue or a top of the house cost issue. And you might have to deal with somebody that's upset. And if that's difficult for you, this job may not be for you. Yeah, we all want to be liked. Everybody wants to be happy. But the more time you've had, the more experience in subtly handling difficult conversations in an authentic manner, the realm of difficult conversations is a great place for your authenticity and transparency to show up. But the more you do that, the easier it comes to you. It's one of the core concepts of negotiation and conflict management. So if when conflict comes on the horizon, a difficult conversation, and you find yourself leaning backwards, if not turning your back entirely, the gig may not be for you. All right, number four, you have to be the smartest person in the room. Wow. Well, if we've already said that one of the traits of a a good leader is humility, Uh, You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. What you have done here 
is collected a team of subject matter experts. I, I would have to think myself as being pretty jaded if I thought I was the smartest person in the room. I've just brought this team together of subject matter experts. Sometimes there is just not enough time to train or coach people to put aside their desire to be, to have the spotlight on them, to be the center of attention. Now, if you're an SME, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be there. And if you're one of those people, that's just not a great ingredient for a successful project manager. You don't want to have that spotlight on you. You don't want to have be the smartest person in the room. I think you want to sit there in your chair and be looking at the smartest people in the room. The skill you want to be noted for is being able to leverage all those skills in a productive, efficient, effective manner. That makes that team as a whole look good. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Wow, this goes back to the early episode about the interview questions. And the question about what item on a salad bar are you? Remember that? <laughs> so you don't want to have to be the smartest person in the room. And finally, oh boy, this word strikes a chord with me every time. You can't multitask. Okay. I've made the argument before that people that are proud of multiprocessing aren't multiprocessing really, they're distracted. But within the context of this conversation about the PM role, yeah, you have to be able to multitask to some extent. So if you have 12, 15 tasks on your list, much too many for a given day, that you have to take care of, and you get to the end of the day, and you haven't checked off anything, and that just grinds against your nature to the point that it ruins your evening, the job may not be for you. If, if you have to check those things off so much so to the point that people are coming to you, team members, customers, stakeholders, and you're going, sorry, I'm too busy right now. Well, I mean, you know, you're sending a message right there that at the moment... You don't care about them. Wow. Wow. What a source of potential disagreement. Sorry, I'm busy. So if you've got a list that long and not being able to check any boxes, put you in a foul mood when you get home, it may not be for you. It may not be for you. Karen signs off his column by going, by quoting the Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want. So that puts the wrap on being a PM. We talked about all the leadership traits of what communication looks like. And today, if any of these five sound like you, well, it may not be the j job for you. Are you not comfortable with change and ambiguity? Do you prefer working with tools rather than people? Do you avoid difficult conversations? Do you have to be the smartest person in the room? 
Do you have to multitask? It may not be for you. Just something to consider. And if you are in the business and you hear yourself in there, not in all five of them, I bet, but in one or two, for your own sake of your own personal development, think of ways to improve that for you. We talked about coaching in, within the uh, context of getting better at difficult conversations. And that aligns fairly directly with you prefer working with tools and people. Why would you do that? Because tools don't talk back. Well, <laughs> whether that's true or not. But the interpersonal activities of the communication with others, if you find that difficult, work on that. Remember what McKinsey said. The number one thing that executives want to help with, the number one thing, is not finance. It is not marketing. It is communication. A lot to think about. All right, that's a wrap on the PM. Ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Thanks to everyone for listening to these shows on Project Management. Thanks for your great feedback here. Alex will be back next week with more. Remember, take care of one another. We'll see you next time.